everyone. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Carol. And we're so glad you guys are joining with us today. We are, this is our last episode on the parable series. I've had a lot of fun with I it. There's <laughs> there's a lot of parables to go over and I've learned so much and yeah, it's been really fun, but this is our last one. And today we're going to be talking about the parable of the persistent widow, all about prayer and persistence in prayer. Yeah. But before we jump into it, Carol, you had a really amazing event this morning that I've been dying to hear about. So I would love for you to share. <laughs> oh my goodness, y'all. I um, participated in this uh, Zoom call into Pakistan where I got to share the gospel to this group of people, many of whom had not heard the gospel or even heard of Jesus. And it, I, I just have to tell you, it literally impacted me so greatly this morning. I, I wept all the way home. There, there is such a um, hunger for hope all around the world. And, you know, people in Pakistan, they, they struggle. They are mm-hmm. poor. There is persecution um, happening over there. People still get beheaded over there for their faith. Yeah. Um, a lot of things happen that we don't hear about over here. And, um, but then people hear, you know, they hear the gospel of Jesus and, and they're so hungry they literally receive the message like a child, which is how we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to come to Jesus as children. Mm-hmm. But not only that, not only did they hear the gospel, the, a very basic, basic gospel, because most of these people are mm-hmm. illiterate or uneducated, but they received the Holy Spirit because they recognized they needed a helper. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I think what just struck me is you're witnessing on camera, hundreds of people just flocking to be prayed for, flocking to the front, people who are all of a sudden visibly mm. touched by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You're seeing people, you know, get their hands laid on for their eyes to be healed. You're seeing this take place um, in real time, you know, across the world through Zoom. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. And I'm going to tell you... Um, just about everybody in there stood to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So when that happens, all of heaven rejoices. Not just a few, all of heaven rejoices. I can't even imagine what was taking place in heaven in that very moment. Mm -hmm. But not only that, how they welcomed the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the bottom line. The Holy Spirit will go wherever he's welcomed. Mm -hmm. And you know, it um, here in America, I think that's what hit me so hard. For years, we have been teaching the Word of God. For years, we've been talking to people about the gospel and about the Holy Spirit. Hearts are hard here. Yeah, It's hard ground. I don't care yeah. how, um, you know, people say America is this great place of Judeo-Christian faith. It is hard territory to penetrate. Yeah. When you see the openness of people on the other side of the world, for the gospel and for the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, sometimes I feel like not only are we trying to tell people, you almost have to sit on them <laughs> to say, <laughs> believe in Jesus, you know. But it was the most incredible thing. And it really, it's still, I'm still pondering so many mm. things that happened this morning that um, 
I just have to navigate how to what to do with all that because it was mm -hmm. so powerful and I'm not giving it justice in this moment but it was mm -hmm. super powerful it really impacted me yeah wow that is so beautiful and to think too the people who are giving their lives to the Lord that is not a small thing for them I mean it like you said there's persecution there it could cost them their lives it's not a mm -hmm. small decision to make and all of heaven is rejoicing and I love that it is the simple gospel I feel like here we've it's become so complicated and it's so complicated here yeah. for no reason mm -hmm. you know we over intellectualize everything and you and I've talked about this yeah I think we need to do a podcast on how mm -hmm. to give the simple gospel but here's the thing how to receive it as a child yeah. just just believe I mean, it's not hard. That's what we're called to the do. The faith yeah. of a mustard seed, the faith of a grain mm -hmm. of sand. But not only that, not just the gospel, but the Holy Spirit as well. Just receive. Why do we over, we have boxed God in so much here in America and mm -hmm. for no reason. And then you see, and people always say, why is he moving in other countries? Why yeah. is healing taking place in all these other countries? Well, that's why. Because mm -hmm. they're inviting him in and they are receiving him as a little child no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. Thanks for sharing. And as we're talking about prayer, keep Pakistan in your heart. Remember that these countries are going through so much persecution and there is fruit going on around the world. And so I'm so encouraged mm -hmm. to hear that, especially like you said, America is so hard. So mm -hmm. just remember that as mm -hmm. we're talking about prayer. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good prayer point for you. It's a good prayer point. You know, and so anyway, so we'll, we'll go ahead and kick off this um, this episode. And this is the last of our parable. We could do so many parables for the next yeah, couple months. There's, there's some, some great ones. Um, but Mallory and I, we just are both, we're so overwhelmed by the goodness of God and his power in prayer. Mallory and I both love prayer. Mm -hmm. And although we've planned some things out for this episode, it just may go in a totally different direction because we're both in kind of these funky little moods today. <laughs> So anyway, and we're just yeah. so stirred up by him and we wanted to give you a heads up on that because we try to plan and prepare, but I just don't know what's going to happen in this episode. Um, but you, yeah, we are going to be talking about the parable of this persistent widow. And I've always liked this parable. I remember reading it when I just was a baby Christian and I've read it so many times, especially when I needed some kind of a breakthrough. It just was always so encouraging to me. And I think it's just a good reminder about persistent prayer. And every time I read it or would read it, I would get something different out of it. Because sometimes I'd look at it from the, the viewpoint of the widow in the parable, or sometimes I'd look at it from the viewpoint of the judge, because I was trying to understand why he was so cranky. And then I, especially towards the end, looking at it from the viewpoint of the Lord, especially his comment, which Mallory is going to read in a minute, that comes place that comes to place at the end of the parable. And when you open my Bible, I have notes written all around my pa this passage, all these passages from over the years, based on what God was showing me at those particular times. And so it was fun reading the ways God spoke to me um, when I was preparing for this um, podcast. But anyway, that was just things. So you want to start off by just reading the um, parable for us? Yeah, that's great. So this parable, it's found in Luke 18, 1 through 8. And I'm going to read from the NASB version. It says, Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged, saying, in a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect any person. 
Now there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me justice against my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect any person, yet because this widow is bothering me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. (laughs) And the Lord said, Listen to what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will God not bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long for them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I, uh, that's that, that's that comment at the end that mm-hmm. I always am like, wow, that is such a big, heavy question that mm-hmm. Jesus answers the parable with. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I think we forget sometimes that everything depends on prayer. Mm-hmm. And yet many of us give so little time to this holy exercise. And yet if we understood its true power, we would all make it our highest priority every day. And I think it's because it puts God in full force in the world. And that's something we don't really think about that the moment you pray friends, it activates a response from heaven. But sometimes as in this parable, it takes a long time to see his response when we're praying. Believe me, we know. I mean, we've pressed in for all kinds of different things over the years. But especially when we're trying to pray for a breakthrough like this widow, she's trying to pray for an answer. She needs a response. And sometimes when we pray for a breakthrough, even if it's just in one area of our life, you know, we have to remember to be persistent. And sometimes God is long in answer, what we perceive as long mm-hmm. in answering our prayer. He always answers prayer. It's just not always the answer <laughs> we think. But and we don't know why this is the case. But some prayers appear to be answered quickly, while others sometimes may take a while. But either way, God has his reasons for it. And his command to us is to keep praying, persist at it. And again, the answer may not look like what you're wanting as a result of that praying, but just keep at it either way. You know, because the answer um, uh, may be the one you are seeking, may not, oh, sh- Keep in mind, you know, he may be doing more than just answering your prayer. He may also be doing an internal work in you too, maturing you as a believer while we wait. You know, that's what I find, at least for me personally. He's doing something else while we're waiting on an answer to prayer, while we're persisting in prayer, that is actually strengthening and developing our faith. I mean, what do you think, Mallory? Yeah, exactly. And I think when it comes to prayer, sometimes we can become so discouraged because we don't see that answer to prayer. But exactly what you said, that he is doing this internal work. And it actually makes me think I just read this verse in Romans this morning. It's verse uh, chapter 5, verse 3. It says, But we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And it just makes me think, you know, God keeps saying, be persistent in prayer. Keep coming to me. I'm going to read some verses off later of just, well, actually, I'll just read them off now. But, you know, he gives us so much encouragement about prayer. You know, just to list a few, 1 John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And then right after that, uh, the verse 15, and we know, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, that, uh, that we know that we have, <laughs> you guys, Carol said we're having a crazy day. I've had brain fog all day. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but, and then one last one is Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will yeah. be yours. And it's that part of faith. And I, you know, I caught that part. He says, well, I find faith on the earth mm. and that he's equating prayer to faith. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, but are you walking in belief? Is your life in belief to the Lord and what he says and holding strong to that? And I think believers can become so discouraged because they don't see that answer to prayer. But I would say that God is always moving. Every single prayer that you pray, um, it's doing something and God hears it and God moves. And I will say in accordance with his will, he tells us in, um, when he teaches us the Lord's prayer, Mm -hmm. Your yes. kingdom come, your will be done on earth it is, as it is in heaven. That's Jesus teaching us how to pray. And so learning how to pray his will with a pure heart. But I even think of, um, it makes me think of that verse in Revelation. I can't remember what chapter it is, but it's where the angels pour out all of the prayers of the mm-hmm. saints. And remember that every prayer that you pray, it goes into that bowl mm-hmm. that becomes, is it the incense that it becomes or it just yeah. gets poured out? Mm-hmm. And so just remember that it doesn't go to waste and God hears it and he is moving and it might not be that answer that you're looking for, but like Carol said, it's producing something and it produces that proven character like that verse that I was saying. And, you know, if you guys have heard my story, um, if you haven't, you should go back and listen to it. It's a testimony about healing, but you guys, I went a lot of years with not having an answer um, the answer that I wanted, but I have to tell you in that time, God has produced so much in me that I'm a different person because of the trials that I went through. We're promised to have trials. And Carol has said this too, you know, how are we supposed to have the, how are we supposed to overcome the end times if we don't go through any trials, Mm -hmm. but to still pray, to still have that faith Mm -hmm. and press in. And I think that even if you don't, get that answer, the Lord meets you and he either gives you the answer mm-hmm. in sometimes or the solution, or he gives you faith. And so when you don't receive that, just ask him, God, give me faith to keep going. Give me strength to keep going in this mm-hmm. affliction or whatever you're praying for. Um, and just faith to overcome. So that was a lot of different things, but <laughs> no, it was, it was so good. It's so good. And, um, your testimony is so powerful and what a picture of mm-hmm. persistent prayer over the years. And, and then when he answered you, it was like, boom, it was, yeah. I, it's kind of like the parable says, and then I will answer them speedily. Boy, when uh-huh. the answer comes, the answers to prayer always come speedily. Mm-hmm. He does a work in the waiting. And then when that work is done, it's like, boom, yeah. you know, and that's what it felt like yeah. for you, you know? And too, I think that sometimes people can hear that story or you can hear other stories of healing or where people just real God just supernaturally. And overcame and healed or had this crazy breakthrough. But a lot of times that's why I wanted to share my story is because you don't hear the backstory, the years, the faithfulness. Sometimes we just hear these testimonies in church and say, well, I prayed three times this morning and I still haven't seen it. And Mm -hmm. so just, it is a life of just consistency with the Lord. Amen. Yeah. 
So, you know, back to the um, parable too, you know, I find it interesting that he uses a picture of a widow in this parable. And this could Mm -hmm. only be me and my little interpretation. So, you know, you can take what you want from this. And if it bears witness to your spirit, great. If not, let it fall to the ground. But, you know, uh, the widow in is a particularly vul- um, vulnerable member of the community at this time, right? And in society in general, since by definition, her husband most likely has died, possibly leaving her with no means of support. So this widow is dependent on society for her support. And so keep that in mind when you're reading the parable. There's a good chance she's impoverished and she needed help. She needed an answer of some kind, and she had nowhere else to turn. And so she is trying to get justice for herself. And this is how we are to come to the Lord in prayer. We, too, are to come in humility, in a poverty of spirit, where it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. You know, widows with no heirs were typically poor. They would become paupers or beggars who lived on the bounty of others. Well, when we come to the Lord in humility and poverty of spirit, it means we are dependent on him. We are coming boldly, yes, to his throne of grace to obtain that grace and health. But that word boldly means we speak plainly to him, not boldly like arrogant or overconfident in ourselves, but speaking plainly, honestly, transparently. And that's so she's kind of a picture, too, of how we too are to approach the judge, the person who's going to get the answers for us. And, you know, um, there's an important principle in prayer that is found in some of the miracles of Christ. And Mallory, you kind of touched upon this a second ago. It's a progressive nature to answered prayer. Not at once does God always give the full answer to prayer, but rather progressively, Mm -hmm. step by step. And we see that in Mark 8.22. And that describes a case which illustrates the point where it's often an overlooked truth. And this was about a blind man. If you remember, he was in Bethsaida. And this is when Jesus spit on his eye and put his hands on him and asked him if he saw anything. And the man's like, I see men like trees walking. And then Jesus is like, oh, let's do it again. (laughs) So he puts his hands on him again. But then the man was restored, but it wasn't immediate. And I think that's kind of what you alluded to Mm -hmm. just a few minutes ago, where it's like people can't see the backstory of things, the progressive nature of answered prayer. Mm -hmm. And that is something to consider, too. You know, because at the end of the day, the whole point is prayer encompasses, it encompasses many things. It encompasses praise, declarations, and so much more. And again, you know, we're prayer people over here, so we've been involved in a lot of prayer initiatives And something to always remember about prayer is that it is the very heart of worship. You are communing with your creator. It is holy, but it also includes, and so as wonderful as all those things are, it also includes petitions. He invites us to come and put those petitions before him. And that's what this parable is showing us. You know, God's purposes, they are fulfilled in us through prayer. And I wish people understood that better. He wants to show the world more of who he is. He wants to move in our uh, families and in our environments, but we, we invite him in to do that through prayer. And so Christ's people, we live by asking, not, you know, making that our complete prayer life, but it is definitely a component of it. 
And when we ask him something, he it's as if his child is requesting something. Think about when your own children request something of you. And we're asking something of the Father of heaven, the God of heaven, the God of eternity. We're not asking it to the winds. We're not asking it to the world, but to God Almighty, to Father, to to his Son, um, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he encourages us to pray. He wants to hear from his kids, not only by the certainty of the answer, but by the bounty of the promise and the bounty of the giver. He can do the exceedingly abundantly more than we can even ask or think, but we have to come to him in order to discover that. I don't know. What do you think, Mal? I mean, especially as it pertains to your generation, I don't, I don't really know mm-hmm. how your generation even views prayer at this point. What do you, mm-hmm. you know, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's so good. I did think of something though, um, as you were talking about the progression. So I was in youth with a mission and when we would pray for people for, for healing, we'd say, we ask them first, what is your pain on a scale of one to 10? Where do you experience? They'd say a 10, you know, and then, um, we'd pray for them. And then we'd say, what are you feeling now? And they're like a six, it went down. And then we'd keep praying. And I just love that. They just taught us to keep praying and keep going after that. And so I loved that. Just keep pressing in. But, um, yeah, as it pertains to my generation, I think that, oh my gosh, I mean, we've talked about this so much about, I mean, we're just in such a fast pace. And if we don't have this instant gratification, we just move on. And I read this book a couple years back. It totally changed mine and my husband's lives. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Ooh, have you heard of it? No. Um, he talks about Can how... you repeat it again slowly? Yes. I know, I'm such a bad stalker. <laughs> uh, the Ruthless... <laughs> <laughs> you guys bear with me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to be It's like that. it's like the word in the last episode when you were trying to say Hinduism. I know. I <laughs> was listening to that cringy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Hinduism. Okay. okay. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And it is such a good book of how God, one of our greatest callings is to bear the yoke of Jesus and the way that he lived and he just lived life slow. And he, the whole premise of the book is that hurry is one of our greatest, um, evils of our generation. And I see that with prayer. And that is why that persistent prayer is such a good reminder. Mm. And so I recommend that book to anyone. And, um, yeah. So I think that that is where it comes in for yeah. our generation is that it just doesn't happen and we move on and we pray a few times or want something mm-hmm. or don't even pray it, but think it and we want it. And we feel like God is just this vending machine that if we put mm-hmm. in two coins, we're going to get out exactly what we asked for. Um, you know, but really God calls us to a relationship like you were saying, you know, and you know, what do we see when we don't have answered prayers you know, and, um, I think that really what needs to happen in my generation and a lot of people is that prayer comes from a vibrant life with the Lord, you know, and it starts with intimacy with the Lord and knowing what he loves and knowing what he doesn't love and that he wants and knowing what he wants to see happen here on the earth Mm -hmm. and understanding the way that he feels towards the people around us and how he feels about different situations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I've learned what has fueled my prayer life. I just want to say this for 
anyone. It's not about, you know, I'm going to grit and bear it. I'm just going to wake up early and do this. I mean, my prayer life, and I know Carol's yours too, it's about a love affair with Jesus and knowing him and knowing his purposes from that place. And, you know, I believe that the more that we fall in love with God and the more he shares his battle plan, the more he shares his battle plan on earth with us as well. And he gives us that endurance to pray. And, you know, we actually did a whole episode on prayer. So if you haven't heard it, I highly encourage you to go listen to it. So it's called, um, oh, we actually did too. (laughs) Um, Rediscovering the purpose and power of prayer and then practical steps to make your time in prayer powerful. So there you go. That's two episodes. You can be good to go after that. So that's actually at the start of our um, podcast. So you're going to have to scroll back. But I think that's the key in anywhere where you start in your prayer life is just a relationship with the Lord and loving Jesus. And I'm telling you guys, my prayer life is fun there. I am like Mm -hmm. addicted to prayer. Once you get in the spirit and you are praying the will of God, there is nothing like it. The Lord just gives you joy and delight. And that doesn't happen every time. And sometimes that happens after 15 minutes, you know, or sometimes it happens after an hour of being in prayer. I don't pray that long anymore because I've got kids, but <laughs> sometimes in the car. But yeah, just an encouragement out there that that for me, that's where that comes from. And I think that's a key for a lot of people. And it's not this discipline. Yes, there's discipline with it, but there's also the love of God with it. I think that's so funny because um, we do have fun in prayer. We do. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I love it when everyone leaves my house and nobody is here. And then I'm like, I get like a little, I'm like, Yeeks! I can get a little crazy. And so one day we had this guy living with us for about four or five months, one of my son's friends out of college. And he just got this great job, but he was trying to find a place to live. So he's staying here. Anyway, everybody left. He left. Everybody left for the day. So I was like, great. I'm going to pray. I'm going to jack up my music. I'm going to pace the house and I'm praying out loud and I'm, you know, whatever, whatever. And um, (laughs) and I'm in the middle of some loud thing and I turn around and he's the boy that's living with us walks through the front door (laughs) and he's looking at me like, uh, what did I just walk into? And you were probably like praying in your prayer language. So he's probably like, I was laughing. I was like, um, I didn't think anybody was coming back. Anyway, it was really funny, but it is. It's a prayer, a a good fun, a good prayer life. It it can be all kinds of things and it can look, it doesn't have to look a certain way. But anyway, back to, back to the parable, I guess. Um, You know, I mentioned that I mentioned the widow a minute ago, but I also, like I said in the very beginning, I always, sometimes I looked at the perspective of the widow the perspective of the judge and then Jesus, of course. And, and when it comes to the judge, you know, he's a less straightforward figure than we might expect. And I think there's something really, really important that we need to keep in mind when we read the parable that in the first century, when Jesus was on the earth, Israel was Roman occupied territory. And with that came a complicated, a complicated set of political and social arrangements. So in other words, there was more than one judicial system And so people would use this to their advantage. They would work strategically to get the best deals for themselves in a variety of legal matters, whether it was marriage contracts, divorces, business dealings, or inheritance disputes, or whatever. And what happened was the people either sought out the Jewish officials for the, quote, customary law or Jewish law, which was usually in line with the Torah. And then, and if you did that, it would have been standard to have a rabbinical court of three judges, Or 
you would find yourself under the Roman law and seek that out. So when you think about the widow and the judge, the widow would have had probably two choices. One, she, she could either go and get sympathy from Jewish officials based on Torah, but potentially run the risk of their ruling not being enforced. Or two, she could seek out an advocate through a Gentile judge, which appears to be maybe what she did. Because the judge described in this parable is identified by what he doesn't do. He doesn't fear God. He recognizes no higher authority that can hold him to account. And that's something just to consider every once in a while. So the widow, you know, where he's described by what he doesn't do, she's described by what she does do. She acts continuously. She keeps showing up. She keeps making a demand. She demands justice. And I love that because Jesus is such a righteous judge. We know that he is going to hold himself to the highest standard possible because he is righteous. So if we act like the widow and we come to him continuously and we come to him and we are not given up and we are trying to get justice, we know that he is going to answer us because he's righteous. He wants justice too. And so those are just two observations mm-hmm. when I, when, you know, over the years, as I've looked at the different angles of this parable, mm-hmm. it's just something I wanted to bring up as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, I think that's just, um, I don't know, just as we look at the parable, there's there's so much to it. And, and kind of back to something you were saying, Mallory, you know, I've been praying for things for years, certain things, but I keep at it even if I don't see certain answers come through yet. Maybe not every day, but what definitely when the Holy Spirit brings it to mind. And I know that I'm praying to a righteous king to a righteous judge. I know he hears my prayers. I know he hears me be persistent. I know an answer is coming at some point. I just don't know what it's going to look like, but I have faith that it will. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we pray for breakthrough, um, you know, sometimes the breakthrough is not what we imagine, but it's definitely taught me personally stamina and endurance and trust. And I tell you, when you go into Revelation, you touched upon Revelation a minute ago you learn that the saints are required. They are expected by Jesus that they endure and they overcome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's these types of things that help build endurance. How else are you going to build spiritual endurance if not through prayer or not through trials, right? Mm -hmm. And we are called to endure and overcome. And so you've got to look at prayer in those angles too. Mm -hmm. And it becomes less and less because over time it becomes less and less about my original prayer actually to begin with and more just about trusting in him and that he's answering it in ways I can't even imagine. And I also wanted to bring up, I don't know if you remember this parable, Mallory, in Luke 11, it's five through eight. It's the parable about a friend that comes at midnight Mm -hmm. in order to borrow bread. And that parable too is also about persistence because Um, he's trying to get bread and he's not letting up. And finally the friend has to get up out of bed to give him Mm -hmm. bread. But what's interesting is immediately after that parable in the next verse, verses nine through 13, that's where you get the verses that a lot of us like to quote, Mm -hmm. where it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. 
That comes immediately after the parable, Mm -hmm. another parable about persistent prayer. And I want to say something about the English translation of Bible. Sometimes you guys got to do your study on the, on the words in the Bible, because the translation in the English for the verb that is used to ask, to seek, to knock, it's actually not translated correctly because it's actually a continuous present tense verb. So it should read, keep on asking, Mm -hmm. keep on seeking, keep Mm -hmm. on knocking, which makes sense then why it would come directly after a parable on persistent prayer. It lines up with that parable that Jesus taught about the friend. And that's the point. Keep on doing these things. Keep on, stay persistent Mm -hmm. in the prayer. You don't just ask once. You don't just seek once. You don't just knock once. You Mm -hmm. keep on doing it all the way to the very end. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, let's not forget uh, what Jesus says at the very end of the parable of the widow. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? When he returns, will believers still be praying? Will you still be seeking and asking and knocking? Will you be believing? Will you be enduring? Because friends, it's going to get pretty rough before his return. We already see um, the movements of that happening in the world. It's getting uncomfortable now. And it's in those discomfort, those trials or the unanswered prayer. You know, sometimes that's what causes us to lose heart. You know, is that happening to you? You know, persecution and hardship that can cause the faithful to lose their enthusiasm. And so in asking this question, Jesus is exhorting believers not to lose heart. And that's what we want to exhort to. Don't lose heart. Stay with it. Stay with your prayer. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And so I pray, and Mallory, I'm sure you feel the same way. I pray that this is not us, that we, when Jesus returns one day for us, for our children, for the generations behind us, that he doesn't find unfaithful people here, that he finds us standing, that he finds us persisting, that he finds us being faithful. May, May we press in and press on like this widow and believe that God is a good judge, will render perfect justice for us in his perfect timing. So good, Carol. Just such an encouragement to stay persistent. I mean, that's what this whole thing is about, to not lose heart. And I think I'd love to just end with a prayer for everyone to be strengthened in prayer. And God, we thank you, Lord, that we get to come to a perfect judge, to a righteous judge. We talked about in a last episode, just you are our perfect king. You are our lion. And you are sitting on that perfect judge throne and Lord, you see us and you come and meet us, Lord. And God, I pray for everyone who's listening right now, Lord, for encouragement, Lord, for strengthening, Lord, for where they've lost heart and have been discouraged, Lord, that you would come and encourage their hearts. And yeah, God, come and do that work in us and strengthen us for those end times. And pray even, Lord, that you have our hearts to burn with what's on your heart to happen on this earth and in our families and in our own life and in our marriages and in our kids and in our towns around us, Lord, that you would put prayer on our hearts and, and just leading in guidance. And so Lord, we love you. And we pray for everyone to be encouraged out there and strengthened and strengthened in their prayer life in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys, if there's something that you've been, um, really persistent in prayer with and not seeing an answer, we would love to pray with you guys. So if you just want to reach out to us, you can email us at JCM prepare the way JCM Colorado. (laughs) I'm going to start over. (laughs) 
Okay, the email is preparetheway at jcmcolorado.com. Until next time, you guys. Thanks. Take care. Thank you.